What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my early thoughts ahead of the Game Week 13 deadline. It is, of course, an international break, so these are very early thoughts indeed, but there is some good stuff to discuss, things that have happened on the weekend, watch list players, and just some notes and stuff like that to talk through as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and let's get into it. All right, let's start off with Dominic Solanke, who's going to be much more popular after his two goals against Newcastle at the weekend. And I think when you look at that match, you could turn around and say Newcastle had an off day. The injuries are starting to catch up with them. All the extra fixtures from the Champions League that they're not used to. And all those things can definitely be true. But I also think that Bournemouth just played really well, right? They weren't afraid to attack that back line. They were high energy. The amount of times that Semenya would pick up the ball and drive at the defence, Solanke played his part as well. It was just a good performance. Now, sometimes a player or a team will put in a good performance at the weekend. And in the videos the next week, I'll turn around and say, I still don't really like them for FPL. Take Doku, for example, after his 22-pointer. I didn't really see any need to bring him in, especially when his minutes aren't guaranteed. But with Solanke, I just think he's an all-round solid option. I owned him for a little bit last season. He was a bit cheaper. But I don't think 6.4 million is too expensive for what he offers like his underlying numbers are good so far this season it's 0.44 xg per 90 and 0.06 expected assists and he's absolutely nailed to start every single game now i think at different times of the season you need to think about that a little bit more we always want players that are going to start and get good minutes but the december fixtures make that even more so so if we look at the game weeks coming up i'll just bring bournemouth up here so game week 14 is on the 3rd of December. That's when their match is that week. Game week 15 is the 6th of December. So it's Sunday, Wednesday. And then they play again on Saturday. And you know Solanke's going to play all of those games. And he's got good underlying numbers. The minutes are great. And of course he's on penalties. At least I assume he's still on penalties. They haven't had one since they came back into the Premier League last season. But if they get one, he should take it. So I like him. It's just where does he fit in? To the current template if you're on a 3-5-2 is he good enough to be your second forward and it's not even a case of is he good enough because i think he probably is it's do you need to sell that second forward you've got if you've got harlan plus one of darwin alvarez or watkins is it worth going to Solanke if you don't need the money for another move i'm not so sure it is some of you might be out there with an eduard or a Jao pedro or an inketia and you've got a way to get the money to go to Solanke as a third forward and maybe have eight playing attackers and just rotate them around. In that case, Solanke is a good good option to go for. But outside of that, I'm not so sure. So it's not that he's a bad option. It's just always that question of where does he fit into the current template and how a lot of people's squads are set up. So I really like him. I think with the extra fixtures we got in December, he's worth thinking about. And his price is decent too. But he's not so good that you need to rush out and break your team apart to get him in. But if you've got an easy way to do it, then yes, I would definitely look at him. So given what happened at the weekend, I've got to talk about Kostas Simakas. I sold him. Some of you would have done the same. Lots of people benched him as well. He turns around and gets a 14-pointer, and it's a less-than-ideal situation. So there's a few questions to ask now. Was it a mistake to sell him or bench him in game week 12? Was it an overreaction to what happened in the Europa League game where he came off at halftime, made a mistake for the first goal? And of course, if you did sell him, is it worth bringing him back after the Man City away game in game week 13? Now, in terms of it being an overreaction, I've spoken to a few different people about this. I'm not sure I fully accept that, but maybe it was slightly, right? Because 
players do make mistakes and they don't always get taken straight out of the team. So even though he came off at half time, it's not like he was never going to uh, play again. But to be fair, I don't think anyone that sold him thought that was the case, right? Nobody was expecting Gomez to start the next six games. So maybe it was a bit of a reaction, but I don't think it was a major one. I think what changed for me was Gomez playing in that Luton game. Because on paper, that's an easy fixture. And you would think that, yes, Gomez provides a bit more defensive stability, but Simakas is better going forward. And that's what Liverpool would need in a game like that. And it didn't happen. So that, coupled with what happened in the Europa League, did spook me a little bit. And I think, to be fair to everyone that benched or sold him, I'm not sure how many people that played him were fully confident that he was going to start. Some people definitely would be. I'm sure there's some people watching this now thinking, I always knew he was going to start. Absolutely fair enough. But lots of people didn't realise that, especially when we didn't know that Gomez wasn't fit. So it looks like a mistake now, for sure, because he's got 14 points, and in game weeks 14, 15, and 16, he's got Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, and Crystal Palace away. But I'm not sure... Like, if you had a Crystal Palace defender, and you played them ahead of Simicast, knowing that they would start, knowing that their defence is pretty good... Can you say that's a mistake when you didn't know if Simicast was going to start or not? I'm not sure it was. It looks really bad, of course. But I don't know before the deadline if it looked that bad. So I'm not sure it was a massive mistake without the hindsight. And I appreciate people will disagree with that. That's absolutely fair. This is a game of opinions after all. What I would say is... For the next four game weeks, there's Man City away. So no clean sheet there either way. I don't think anyone's planning on playing him. So that's not a problem. Then you've got Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, Crystal Palace away, which is a weekend game midweek and then weekend again. So I don't think he's going to play all three of those. And I don't think many people that own him think that either. Now, it might be that he plays two, of, two out of three of those and does more than enough to warrant his place. And that's absolutely fair enough. But in the game where he doesn't start, he's almost certainly going to come on. And that's one of the things that made like there was a few things that contributed to selling him but that was one of them that there's never a case of playing him because if he doesn't start he won't come on and i can get someone off my bench he pretty much always comes on for that one point cameo and like i said he might get enough in the other two games to just not care about that but if he doesn't get a clean sheet against fulham and he doesn't start against sheffield united and comes on for a one pointer that looks a bit little bit less ideal and then in game week 17 and 18 he's got man united at home and Arsenal at home. So in three of the next six game weeks, the fixtures aren't great anyway. And look, we did know all this before we bought him. So I'm not saying this is all now new information. But I think that coupled with what happened with Gomez was enough for me to sell him. Now, if you sold him and you've bought in someone else that's now a minute's risk, that's a bit different, right? That probably doesn't look great. But for me, I bought in Saliba, who always starts for Arsenal. And even with those quick turnarounds, of course, Saliba could get rested. But there's a lot less chance of that happening. So I feel like, although on paper I made a bad move, I still think it was a pretty good decision. And I don't massively regret it. And I don't think people have made a huge mistake without now the hindsight. And also, by the way, in that Brentford game, I don't want to take the points away from anyone that played him. Right, You should absolutely be happy to get a massive haul uh, like that from a cheap defender that's still relatively differential. But Brentford could have scored in that game. The second assist was a very short pass to Jota. Jota then smashed it in from pretty much um, the edge of the box. So on another day, he doesn't have that big haul, and we're not sat here talking about it being a massive mistake. And these things can happen in FPL. In terms of buying him back, I don't think many people are going to do that. You don't want him for Man City away. And then for Fulham at home or Sheffield United away, you're going to be thinking, well, is he definitely going to start? And if he doesn't, then you've only got Crystal Palace away before the next two 
difficult-ish fixtures on paper, Man United and Arsenal. So I think if you sold him, just accept that's happened. And unless you've got a a move like, I don't know, if you've got Matty Cash and you want to sell him to Simicast to earn some, or to get some extra money and to have those three good fixtures, then fair enough. But I, I think if most people have done it now, you just wait until after Game Week 18, get another update on Robertson and just kind of take it from there. So yeah, I wish I had the 14 points. I wish I still had him in my team. Uh, and maybe there were a couple of mistakes there. Maybe it was a slight overreaction. But I don't think it was anything major. And if he got less points that week, we wouldn't be talking about this, I don't think. So there's been a lot of discussion about Son this weekend. Should we keep hold of him, especially with James Madison out until January? It's not like he's cheap either. He now costs 9.7 million. So if you were to downgrade him to like a Boeing or an Imberma or an Eze or even like a Cole Palmer... That's a lot of money to spend elsewhere. You can make your overall squad better, upgrade that third forward spot, maybe get Trippier back, get Trent in. Whatever your plan might be, there are definite options there if you sell someone like Son. Now, I own him, and I am open to selling him if I think it's the right move, but I don't have any plans to do that at the moment. And look, we've just talked about overreacting with Simicas. I'm a bit wary about doing that with Son as well. He has blanked two games in a row, but one of them was the 4-1 defeat to Chelsea. That was a very chaotic game. Spurs were down to 10 men for a lot of that match and obviously 9 men for a portion of it as well. Not many attackers are going to do well in a situation like that. And Son still had a chance towards the end of the game as well when they were down to 9 men. So I'd kind of write that game off. And obviously then you've got Wolves away in game week 12. That was a match without Madison for the whole thing. And Spurs and Son didn't play well. But is that enough to now say that Spurs are done? Or Son's done as an option just because Madison's not there. I don't think it is for me. I don't want to overreact that quickly. And also, anytime you hear about that Villa defence, it's always about how they play a high line. And what do you hear about Son? He loves going up against high lines. And I think Villa are a very strong side. They are going to give Spurs a proper game. But I think it's their attack that's really strong. And the defence isn't bad, but it's not as strong as their attack. So it wouldn't... I guess what I'm trying to say is it wouldn't worry me having Son playing against Villa, especially at home. So I think for most people, you've got to give him at least that game. And if Spurs do look kind of out of it and Son's not getting a huge amount of chances, maybe before Man City away in game week 14, that's your opportunity to then sell him. But I just think he's such a good pick in FPL when he's on it. And he does get so many chances. He, his minutes are great. He's probably on penalties too. I mean, he's almost definitely on penalties now with Madison out of the picture. Obviously, Richarlison not fit. I just don't want to sell him too quickly. It does open up a lot of routes. Like I can tell you now for my own team, I've looked at this plenty of times. Even if I didn't reduce, uh, even if I didn't sell him right down to like an Inberma or something like that, even if it was just like Jared Bowen, who I really like that would give me 2.2 million to spend. So instead of having Cameron Archer on the bench, I could go and get a Solanke and still have a little bit of money left over to improve my defence. And obviously then I'd have a bit of a headache every week deciding which of my eight attackers to play. But if one was to get injured or I thought one was going to be rotated because of you know the extra fixtures in December and stuff like that, then I've got options there. So I think overall the squad would look better but then I wouldn't have Son. And on his day, he can be so good. Like, who would be completely surprised if over the next six games he scores at least six goals? Maybe five to six goals. I wouldn't be that surprised. And I think Villa at home is okay, for sure. Man City away is tough. Although he does have, as far as I remember, I haven't looked it up, but a pretty good record against Man City on the counter. And I guess the question is, you know, will they be able to play that way without Madison? But I think they will. I think I think Ange Postecoglou will want to find a way 
So I'm not saying Man City is a good fixture, but again, I wouldn't be completely surprised if Son scores. West Ham, if anyone owns Areola, you know how bad that uh, defence is. That's another game at home. Newcastle will be tough, but Newcastle are having their own struggles right now. Forest away, again, maybe toughish on paper, but I wouldn't worry about playing Son in it. And then it's another home game against Everton. So I just think with no Europe, having someone that good who you know is going to start every game, I would just be... I would be slow to sell him rather than quick. I think you can make a snap decision. I think he's got to go. I think the better the better strategy here is to give him at least one more game and then reassess after that. I mean, the other question is, if you do sell him this week, who really needs to come in? Like, Bowen against Burnley away could be good, but it's an away game. If you haven't already got him Burmo, it's home to Arsenal, so that's fairly difficult. I mean, Burmo's great, and if you've got him against Arsenal, you're probably really happy, but he's not a necessity to bring in. If you want Cole Palmer, well, he's away to Newcastle. Man City and Liverpool are playing each other. Fernandez, no one wants anyway, plus he's one yellow card away from a suspension. So, yeah, my, my general thoughts on Son and my early thoughts, so you've got to give him one more game. Let's discuss it after that again. So I think a lot of Julian Alvarez owners are starting to get a little bit frustrated by the lack of returns recently and are thinking about selling him. He's just dropped in price from 7.2 to 7.1 million. Man City have got Liverpool at home this week, then it's Spurs at home in 14, Villa away in 15, Luton away in 16, Palace at home in 17, and they blank in game week 18. But remember, after that blank, the fixtures get very good and they might have a double game week in game week 20. And if the Bruyne is not back by then... Alvarez's minutes will continue to look really good and I think that's the interesting thing here what do we always want from Man City and FPL attackers that get minutes and the reason that we usually ignore Man City players is because we can't get the player that is going to start all the time we get frustrated when they get benched that hasn't happened with Alvarez he hasn't been benched once this season even against Chelsea it was 78 minutes 70 against Bournemouth 86 against Man United 90 against Brighton as well even after international duty he's still starting for Man City so he is important to them he's only had one assist in the last three games one goal one assist in the last five right even if you go back to kind of game week six so from six to twelve He's only had two goals and one assist. So it's not a great return from him. I still think he's encouraging as a pick because I think over these next few fixtures, Man City will continue to score goals. And his underlying numbers for the season are pretty good. Per 90, 0.31 expected goals, 0.22 expected assists. So pretty decent, even though he hasn't had the returns recently. And I think Liverpool and Spurs at home are better than they look on paper. Man City are just very strong at home. I think a game like Liverpool has the potential to be open. And Spurs will still be missing Romero because that will be the last game of his three-match suspension. And obviously Van der Ven is also out until January. So I don't think it's the worst time to be play, uh, playing Spurs either. And once you're past those two... The fixtures do get better in general for Man City. So, again, I think sometimes it's easy to say this when you're not the owner that's having to go through these lack of returns. But I don't think there's a mad rush to sell Alvarez. If you want to sell him, who'd you go for? And I think, in general this season, there's not been a massive amount of great forwards. Obviously, if you haven't got Haaland, that's a pretty good upgrade. But there's a lot of money in that. I still think Watkins is probably the second best option to go for over the next few weeks. I know on paper, um, Villa's fixtures aren't great. Like Spurs away in 13, uh, Man City at home and Arsenal at home in 15 and 16. It doesn't look ideal. But outside of that, you get to play Bournemouth away in 14. You get to play Brentford away in 17. Sheffield United at home in 18, which is the blank. After 19, when they play Man United away, it's then Burnley at home, Everton away, Newcastle at home, Sheffield United away. And this is a player that you always know 
is going to start. So I'm going to keep talking a lot about the blank game week and the fixture congestion in December. With someone like Watkins, you just don't have to worry about that. So of course, if you could go from Alvarez to Watkins, great move. But I don't know if it's that needed. Plus, there's a 1.3 million price difference. So if you don't already own Watkins, you've got Alvarez and you've got that money spent already, and you haven't got a good downgrade to make. Again, I would probably keep hold of him. I've already spoken about Solanke in this video. Do I think he's a better option than Alvarez? Maybe slightly because of the fixtures, but I don't think there's much in it. And remember, if Harlan's ever off the pitch when Alvarez is playing, he would next be in line for penalties. He'd also probably play number nine as well. Now, Harlan doesn't get rested that often, but it could happen at some point, or he could get benched earlier or sorry, get substituted earlier than Alvarez. So just keep that in mind. So Solanke, because of his minutes and fixtures, I mean, is he? Yeah, maybe he's a better option, but I don't think there's enough to make that transfer, unless, of course, you need the difference in price to make another move, because there is a 0.7 million difference between Solanke and Alvarez. And I've got to be honest, after that, I just don't think there's any other good forwards to bring in this week specifically. Now, I like Darwin. I keep talking about him a lot. He never comes into my team. He got another attack and return at the weekend. I think he's definitely first choice for Liverpool. He has been for a while now, and I've said that for a while. But game week 13, straight after the international break, it's the 12.30 kickoff, which Jurgen Klopp hates. Will, will Nunez start that because it's Man City? Possibly. But how many minutes will he get? Plus, it's a tough fixture. And I'm not saying that Alvarez is better than Darwin, but I do think he is for game week 13 specifically. And then you've got, just to say, talk about it again, you've got that Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday turnaround. Is Darwin going to start all of those games? He might do, but there is a chance that he'll miss one. So potentially, in the next four game weeks, you've got Man City away, which he may or may not miss, and then he might miss one of the next three as well. Now, I really like Darwin as a pick, but I think if you're going to make that move, you probably just do it in game week 14. And then you've got Wisser, blank in 18, going to go away for AFCON. Edouard is not a bad pick, but is he better than Alvarez? Probably not, although there is a big price difference. Wilson and Isaac has obviously had injury issues. Even when they're both fit, then there's rotation issues. And you just keep going down the list. Like, Awani is another one you could look at. The fixtures for Forrest are pretty good. Is he better than Alvarez? Probably not, unless you really need that money. And it's kind of the same situation. I'm not going to go through every one of these players, but they're either minutes risks or they're not as good unless you really need that extra money. So, I don't know. I get it. It's frustrating, right? He hasn't had the amount of returns you were hoping for. But I still think the fixtures on paper are okay for Man City. I think he still offers good value. And his minutes are great. He's what we always want, right? And nailed on Man City attacker. And it looks like he's going to be that until De Bruyne is back. So, my general advice for Alvarez would probably be to keep hold of him. There are a few players you could go to. I guess, are they that much better? Probably not in most situations. So I'm just going to quickly go through some of my notes from the weekend. Obviously, one of which is Brighton rotation. Matoma bench at the weekend. So was João Pedro. Ferguson missed out completely. I just think Brighton are a no-go at the moment for any positions in that team. Like, attacking-wise, definitely. I mean, Gross tends to start most games, but I don't particularly like him as an FPL pick because he can sometimes end up playing a deeper midfield role, could play fullback as well, so I just wouldn't go there. Defensively, I love Estepinian, but he's obviously got injury issues at the moment, so you can't even go there. So I think if you've got Brighton players, like Matoma, for example, well, he's got Forrest away straight after the international break. He probably will start that game, so there's not a mad rush to get rid of him. But generally, I would not bring any Brighton players in right now. And if you've got Evan Ferguson for Sheffield United, you can consider yourself very unlucky because we did not know he was injured before the deadline. It only came out when that team sheet was released. Now, to be fair, I think Evan Ferguson in general 
is not a fantastic pick because he does tend to pick up a lot of injuries. And at some point, even though he keeps playing when he's fit after the Europa League, there is going to be a time when Europa League stops, but the Premier League fixture congestion gets worse. And then he will also be rotated for some of those games. So I just don't think he's a great pick in general. Um, so yeah, Brighton, no go for me. It's probably too late for Harry Maguire. I hate to break it to you, but Man United don't have many great fixtures coming up um, for clean sheets. As I'm sure you've seen on social media, they are one of the most informed teams in the Premier League right now. He's had 22 points, Harry Maguire, over the last five game weeks. Absolute legend for 4.3 million. But it's Everton away this week. Their attacking numbers are better than Arsenal and Man United in terms of XG generated this season. Then it's Newcastle away, 14. Chelsea at home in 15. Liverpool away in 17. There's not many clean sheets there. The only one that I would maybe bank on is Bournemouth at home. But even then, if Solanke and the rest of the Bournemouth team play like they did against Newcastle, that won't be that easy. So unfortunately, I hate to break it to you. You probably have missed the boat on Harry Maguire. Chelsea fixture turn, um, or fixtures turn, that is incoming. Um, I guess if Newcastle played like they did against Bournemouth, you could even say it starts now. But I think Newcastle away in 13, not great. For an attacker, though, the good fixtures for Chelsea start from 14. Brighton at home, still no clean sheets this season. Man United away, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Wolves away, Palace at home. Start looking, about the, uh, start looking at their players. Cole Palmer looks pretty nailed. His underlying numbers are good, even without penalties. You've got Sterling to consider, maybe Jackson as a forward, possibly. I'm not sure I'm ready to go there again, but I wouldn't completely rule him out. And obviously in Kunku, I'm going to talk a little bit more about in the next video. I'm going to try and get out one more this week um, with some of your questions as well. Start thinking about Gaming KT, and I've mentioned that a lot. It shouldn't be that all your transfers now are focused on that, but it should be in the back of your mind. If I bring this player in, what fixtures do they have in the short term? Also, what fixtures do they have in Gaming KT? Because you will need your squad. If you've got Harlan and Alvarez and Inbermo and players like that, and you don't want to sell them because you want them back for the good fixtures afterwards, you're going to have to bench them and use your squad. So if you bring in, I don't know, let's just go for an example. Here. Let's just go to game week 18. Who's got a bad fixture? I don't know. I mean, no, no one really springs to mind who people would be looking to kind of own. But I, I don't know. Let's say you bring in an Everton defender, right? A cheap one to enable you to make another move. Well, they've got Spurs away in game week 18, so they're not really that great for you. So unless you can get points from them in the short term, they're just not someone I would look to bring in. Whereas Aston Villa, let's say you've got Matty Cash or Diaby or someone like that, you're thinking about getting rid of them, you're not quite sure, you could hold on to them a bit longer. Well, maybe it's worth it because they've got that good gaming 18. Here's what, what I would say, though, is you've got to get points in the short term as well. So for me, Matty Cash is actually not that bad to sell because the fixtures aren't great. You can just worry about someone else closer to 18. But if you can get the best of both worlds, good points now, and then good points in 18, even better. So for example, Crystal Palace, they've got three pretty good fixtures coming up. And in 18, they play Brighton at home. So for an attacker like Eze, that is pretty decent. So it shouldn't be the only thing you think about, but it should be in the back of your mind. December fixture volume, I talked about that a lot. Start thinking about nailed on players that are going to play 90 minutes most game weeks. There are players out there right and i'm not saying you can't go for a punt or someone who's a bit more of a minutes race but i think loading your team with too many of them at the moment is going to cause problems down the line be careful with darwin nunez for all the stuff i just talked about uh palmer penalties i reckon he's going to keep them i think when nkunku comes back palmer will still be first choice penalty taker but potentially when he misses one that is when they might go straight away whereas for another player like salah he misses them and gets to keep them and west Ham defensive worries it might be time to start thinking about how we get another goalkeeper in because their defense has been poor all season i was hoping that with a good fixture that would turn it might still do 
but so far it's not looking great. Didn't impress me whatsoever against Forrest. I don't think it's all down to Ariola. I don't think he's going to lose his place, but just overall it's not quite working for West Ham as well. So just be conscious of that. There's probably loads more things I've missed as well. I'm going to do like a Q&A um, hopefully over the next couple of days. And obviously next week we'll get into the regular uh, content, transfer tips, team selection, game week preview, final thoughts, and all that good stuff. So if you enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and I'll catch you again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.